From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for making Washington Watch part of your day. We appreciate you tuning in. Well, coming up on this Tuesday edition, after weeks of suggesting House speakers might, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced earlier today they will. Today, I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know. We'll get more from Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe, who has introduced articles of impeachment. Meanwhile, Democrat lawmakers are responding to the announcement. This is the extremist Republicans trying to figure out how they can use the business of the American people doing the work we're supposed to do as leverage to try to improve their political position. They know that there is no basis for this. That was uh, Senator Warpath Warren of Massachusetts. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the official Democrat response, but this was Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. Oh, my God, really? Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. as he was being led away. Well, with the House back today, the debate over funding the federal government is heating up. We're not interested in a continuing resolution that continues the policies and the spending of the Biden-Schumer-Pelosi era. And we're not going to vote for it. We didn't vote for it last December, and we're not going to vote for it now. That was House Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry at a press conference on Capitol Hill earlier today. We're going to talk with Senator Mike Lee, who joined the House Freedom Caucus for the press event. And uh, while impeachment and spending dominate today's headlines, don't miss the significance of this. In this instance, we decided it was important to bring these American citizens home. And if we see Iran acting in ways that do not comply with the arrangements that uh, uh, are agreed to um, uh, in this transaction, We will take actions to ensure that those funds cannot be spent for anything but humanitarian purposes. That was State Department spokesman Matthew Miller addressing the questions that were being raised about the Biden administration trading five Iranians reportedly being held for violating sanctions for five Americans. But the key was the U.S. releasing $6 billion to the terrorist regime that had been frozen. That, by the way, is more than three times what President Obama gave to Iran back in 2016. We're going to dig deeper into this with retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, Executive Vice President here at the Family Research Council, in just a moment. We're also going to check in with Missouri Congressman Mark Alford, a member of the House Armed Services Committee. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. Our word for today comes from 1 Corinthians 6, writing to members of the church, which he founded in Corinth. The Apostle Paul stated, foods for the stomach and stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Followers of Jesus are bought with a price, and therefore are to be identified and defined by his presence in our lives, not our sexual identity or behavior. Paul continues in verse 19, he writes, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org 
slash Bible. You can also join me each morning for a short devotional based upon the daily reading at TonyPerkins.com. All right, as I mentioned, the Biden administration announced yesterday a hostage exchange agreement with Iran that includes the release of $6 billion to a regime that has long been classified as a state sponsor of terrorism. In addition to the tone-deaf nature of announcing such a deal on the anniversary of September the 11th, terrorist attacks, the transaction drew criticism for how it will enable the Iranian, the Iranian government to continue sponsoring terrorism while feeding its appetite to continue hostage-taking, even today. In fact, it may still be going on. In the House, there were debates over bills to impose sanctions on Iran's missile and drone programs, as well as Iran's leadership over their human rights abuses. I mean, is this not at putting the U.S. at risk of being seen as schizophrenic? Joining me now to discuss this and more, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, who serves as FRC's Executive Vice President. General Boykin spent the last four years of his 36-year military career serving as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. He was one of the original members of the U.S. Army's Delta Force. General, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Uh, just get your initial reaction, learning of this deal, again, b- being announced on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 that we're giving $6 billion to a terrorist regime. Yeah, we, what we're doing is we are essentially paying our enemies because they are probably uh, in the top three, obviously, of those who want to destroy America. They've been at this for a long time. And all you need to do is think back to uh, 1980 when they took 52 Americans and held them for 444 days before they finally released them. But when well, did they release them? Yeah, uh, when Ronald Reagan was taking office. On Inauguration Day. It's That's leadership. the missing component right. in the situation. Uh, I mean, and obviously this is it's personal to you because you were a part of the rescue mission. Right. Uh, that didn't succeed out in the desert right. after the uh, aircraft crashed. That's correct. So, so I want to be clear on this. The, the $6 billion, this was assets, Iranian assets that came from oil sales that had been frozen. So this was not U.S. money, but it's money that's been frozen that's been released to them. But this is uh, Obama back in 2016 gave them, uh, I think it was $1.7 billion. This is three times the amount that was given to them back then. I mean, what they, now they're saying it's all for humanitarian purposes. Do you really believe no, they're they, going to use this for humanitarian purposes? No, they they are not saying because you got to include the president of Iran as part of the they. And he has said just the opposite. He made it very clear today. Uh, and he said, we're going to spend this the way we want to, basically. Yeah, I, I actually have a quote. It has not aired yet. This is, uh, will be later tonight on NBC. But this is what he said. Humanitarian means, this is uh, President uh, Raisi, said, humanitarian means whatever the Iranian people need. So this money will be budgeted for those needs, and the needs of the Iranian people will be decided and determined by the Iranian government. Now, I want to just make sure everybody remembers, this is the same regime that killed 15,000 of their own people for rioting in the streets before Soleimani was killed. And uh, so their needs, does anybody believe that they really care about the needs of the Iranian people? They want a nuclear program 
that will put them on par with the rest of the uh, nuclear so, community. I mean, this is actually part of the debate that was going on on the House floor today. And, and, and by the way, there were some Democrats that are supportive of sanctions on Iran because of their human rights abuses. Right. So this raises the question, General, why, why is the Biden administration pursuing such a relationship with Iran? I mean, you, you can't say it just so they could see five Americans released. There's got to be more to this equation. Tony, I, I can't give you an answer to that. I, I thought that I understood a little bit, at least, about this administration. But now I am totally confused because there is no logic to this. None. It, it, look at what happened when he came back into the uh, Iran deal, the JCPOA. Right. How far did that go? How how well did that turn out? They're still in negotiations. It, that whole thing is falling apart. So now he jumps into this exchange that is going to give them $6 billion, and somebody would have to explain to me, what do we get out of this other than getting our people back? And then the question is, what price are we willing to pay for this kind of thing? Well, Donald Trump, under the Trump administration, they brought many Americans back home. In fact, I went and retrieved one, right. uh, Andrew Brunson. Yep. We didn't give money. Uh, that administration didn't give money. Uh, it was actually, as you talked about with Ronald Reagan, it was the threat of of, of force. It was right. power. It was the, the intimidation factor of leadership. Right. What are you concerned most when you look at this transaction? What What are you concerned this would lead to? I'm uh, concerned about two things. First of all, that they will use this to enhance their missile their long-range missile capabilities, as well as their warhead development. And the second thing is that they will, uh, right now, al-Qaeda has a, a rather large presence in Iran, and I think that uh, we have to keep our eyes on al-Qaeda because they're still there and they're still out to do us harm. And uh, I think they'll get some of this money just uh, like uh, a few years ago. They, they funneled a lot of money into South Lebanon to where they had a, a al-Qaeda presence in, uh, in an area that uh, threatened the, Israel, is, the Israelis as well. So I'm concerned about those things most of all. So how much damage can you do with $6 billion? <laughs> I'm not a nuclear scientist, but I can tell you, in that part of the world especially, they can do a lot. Does this not also, General Boykin, incentivize hostage taking that's that is a absolutely no question about it that said hostages are going to be taken no matter what we do because even though during the uh, Trump period we got a lot of hostages back we've we've got hostages now and that is a that really is a result of uh, of the weak leadership that America has and we have demonstrated to the entire world and we did it again I mean the, our president did it again he got over there in, in Vietnam where he was center stage and told everybody he was going to bed. That's the most powerful man in the world. That's the guy that people expect to have answers. It's, it's humiliating. The administration says, well, we're, we're not paying for hostages to be released. But the effect is the same. It was, as I, I pointed out, it was 
Iranian, it was Iranian assets that were, had been frozen because of sanctions that the U.S. helped lead, but they had to go to Qatar to actually release this money because even European banks wouldn't do it because they didn't want to get caught up in this bad deal. Admiral Kirby, the uh, press secretary for the Department of Defense, when, uh, when he finally leaves the administration, uh, there's going to be a fight among the liberal news outlets to see who gets him because he's perfect. He can look right into the camera and keep saying the same lie over and over and over, knowing it's a lie, and, and people are forced to watch that kind of nonsense. That guy is dangerous. Final question for you. We're up against a break, but any immediate reactions from, I mean, what are we going to see come from this? Anything immediate? Uh, I don't think immediately, um, but uh, in time it will. It certainly will, and they're gonna. We're gonna see it. We're gonna see that happen. What I'm more concerned about is Kim Jong Un right. uh, visiting uh, Putin, and I yeah, think that's, that's better, bigger threat right now than this. Well, is. in in uh, reports of uh, Putin's health, are, the, are those legitimate? I don't know. I, I I've read all that stuff, but I really don't know. But uh, his ability or Kim Jong-un's ability to put some very lethal material in his hands is a real threat. All right, well, we're going to talk about that. Not today, but we'll talk about it. General, thanks for being with me. Good to be with you. You are dismissed. All right, folks, uh, you're not, though. Stick with me because we're coming back on the other side of the break. Uh, Congressman from Missouri, Mark Alford, joins me for more Washington Watch. Don't go away. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be disciples their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. 
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday. All right, this is Pray Vote Stand Week. The summit is coming up uh, this Friday and Saturday. There's still room for you, but you need to register very soon. You can go to prayvotestand.org. Uh, great, uh, great lineup. It's going to be a great weekend. We've got uh, former President Donald Trump, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence, Governor Ron DeSantis. We've got uh, Vivek who's also uh, running for president. We got uh, Senator Josh Hawley and his wife, Erin, uh, and a whole list, members of Congress, uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who was on the program yesterday, Pastor Jack Hibbs, my battle buddy. He's going to be there along with many, many others. Find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. All right, continuing the discussion of the Biden administration's September 11th announcement of a deal to release $6 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars to the ruling mullahs of Iran. Men are asking why the State Department showered concessions on a country that continues to sponsor and arm terrorist groups and kill their own people. Now, the mullahs leading the, the uh, country continue to gain riches selling oil to nations like China which is, a, by the way, a stark contrast from the stranglehold the Biden administration has placed on the oil production and exploration of our own country. You know, how concerned should we be now that this regime will have an additional $6 billion? Joining me now to discuss this and more, Congressman Mark Alford. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, the House Agriculture Committee, and the House Small Business Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. Congressman Alford, welcome back to the program. Great to see you. Good to see you, Tony. All right, we just had uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin on discussing uh, this uh, announcement yesterday. Uh, I want to get your reaction. The fact that it came out on September the 11th, $6 billion to a regime that has been identified and labeled as a terrorist regime. Tony, I think it's very sad. You will remember two years ago that President Biden wanted to pull out of Afghanistan on the anniversary of 9-11 to make a statement. Uh, what ended up happening is some people with clearer heads, I think, convinced him to uh, get out just a few weeks earlier uh, so it would not be on this somber occasion. And now, two years later, the president of the United States decides to free up $6 billion of the Iranian money, yes, true, but money that they can now use to fund terrorism. This is the number one terrorist state in the world intent on doing away with Israel. They are ready to build a nuclear bomb to get rid of Israel. And we, well, not we, but President Biden has seen fit to release this money 
to further their causes. Well, I mean, it's I raised this issue earlier with General Boykin. I think America must look schizophrenic on the national stage because just today, this afternoon on the House floor, there was a discussion over a bill's uh, a bill to put sanctions on Iran on their missile program and on their drone program because of their human rights abuses and and other their terrorist activities. But on one hand, we're saying we're going to put sanctions on you. On another hand, we're giving them six billion dollars. You know, the administration came out today, the Pentagon, and I don't know who that spokesperson was. I was watching it on the plane a bit. This continued gaslighting of the American people. He would say, wait a minute, we're not giving the Iranians this money. Well, you're technically not giving it to them. It's their money, but you're freeing it up so they can take their money that they have in a pot now that they're going to use uh, for other uh, situations and circumstances and now apply it to terrorism. So, yes, you are freeing that. It's kind of like the whole uh, Planned Parenthood. You're absolutely right. We're not funding abortions. Well, you're paying to keep their lights on. You're paying them to operate for so-called women's health care and reproductive care, which abortion is not reproductive care. So my point is, is you can play all the word games you want. Right. But we've got our eye on you, President Biden. We know what you're up to. And it is not good for the world. It is not good for Israel. It is not good for the United States of America. A, a perfect analogy. In fact, I'd written that down that you know, Title 10 funding, which funds uh, family planning. You know, it was Trump, <laughs> President Trump separated so you couldn't do abortions and family planning under the uh, the same roof, the, the co-location rule. And of course, the Biden administration did away with that. It's the same thing. Uh, it's covering the overhead. So this money is fungible. They can, uh, they can move the money around right. and it's going to give them more money to do evil. Um, I, I, I want to I want to get to some of the appropriations bills on uh, defense spending. But before I get to that, I, one final question on this. Your biggest concern uh, coming out of this exchange of five Americans, five Iranians and six billion dollars. Well, look, I am very glad that five Americans will be coming back to U.S. soil. Don't get me wrong on that. And I think the administration tries to play off the emotions of the American people to try to get things done. I think that is wrong. Him trying to tie additional Ukraine aid now uh, to funding uh, relief efforts in Maui and Florida, I think that is wrong. Um, but I will say this. This is only going to make Iran um, think about taking more hostages. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what are we going to tell these next five families? Right. Okay, these first five families, we got them back home, but now you're expendable because we are funding terrorism by releasing $6 billion to the yeah. worst terrorist state known to man. It, it, it just, it, it fuels hostage taking. We were talking about that earlier. I, I, I want to move to the appropriate defense appropriations. We're talking about a continuing resolution. Hopefully we'll get to these appropriations bills because there's some good things in these appropriations bills, including restricting these funds for abortion travel and the woke policies of the Pentagon. We've got about 45 seconds. Tell us about it. This is so important. We get this passed, get it passed this week. One of 11 appropriations bills we still have to pass. We're going to give the military a 5.2% pay increase. We're going to beef up our funding for next generation aircraft desperately needed to keep China at bay. We also have $9 billion in the Pacific Defense Initiative, which is so important. We've got to get this done, Tony, for the security of America. Well, 
it may it brings some sanity back to our government through these appropriations bills. So important that these get through the process. Congressman Mark Alford, always great to see you. Thank you for your hard work on Capitol Hill on behalf of Faith, Family, and Freedom. Thank you, Tony. God bless you. All right, Congressman Mark Alford of Missouri. This and we're going to talk about this in just a moment. Uh, so when we come back, Senator Mark, uh, Senator Mike Lee is going to be joining us. Uh, he was a part of the House Freedom Caucus press conference today as they were discussing the spending. You know, there's this push to do a continuing resolution, just kind of kick the can down the road. These appropriations bills are important. This is the only way, the only way Republicans can rein in the Biden administration. Congress has the power of the purse. But it's going to require Republican leadership staring down the Senate and the White House. Will they do it? I don't know. Stick with us. On the other side of the break, Utah Senator Mike Lee joins me. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. As I mentioned, Prevote Stand Summit coming up this weekend. Find out how you can be a part of it. Go to PrevoteStand.org. With both houses of Congress having now returned from their summer recess, a clash, a clash is expected in the coming days regarding government spending and our bloated federal budget, not to mention the $32 trillion in debt that we have. With with government funding set to expire on September the 30th and just 10 legislative days scheduled between now and then, 
What can we expect? Joining me now to discuss this and more, Utah Senator Mike Lee. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Judiciary Committee and the Senate Budget Committee. Senator Lee, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Tony. Good to be with you as always. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking time to, to join us. You know, it's busy on Capitol Hill. You were a part of the House Freedom Caucus. They had a press conference earlier today. You and, uh, and Senator Rick Scott of Florida joined them in uh, a sign of solidarity. That You're encouraging House Republican leadership to do what? Well, we're encouraging Republicans in both houses of Congress to make sure that we get out of the mess that has created a $33 trillion debt. And we've got $33 trillion in debt because when Congress passes spending bills, each item is packaged together into one gigantic bill. Everything's tied to everything else. That bill, which materializes from the ether with help from a handful of appropriators and an added push from the law firm of Schumer, McConnell, McCarthy, and Jeffries, uh, just materializes magically hours before the expiration of a spending period. And then members of Congress are told you've got to take it or leave it right. with no real chance to amend it, to improve it, to cut excessive spending, to add things that need to be added or take things out that shouldn't be there. And they're told you've got to vote for this or you'll cause a shutdown. Most members buckle at that point and they vote for it sight unseen. This is a barbaric practice and this is why we're so far in debt. Because what happens is we pass these massive bills this year that's going to cause about a $2 trillion annual deficit. Which is up, which is up from the previous year. perpetuates Democratic priorities. What's that? The the debt or the deficit this year of uh, nearly $2 trillion is doubled from, almost doubled from the previous year. No, that's right. Because we, we continue to spend like drunken sailors at a time when we can't afford it. Everything is getting more expensive. We're allowing government to get more expensive, not requiring any kind of economizing. I have to correct you on that, Senator. Uh, Drunken sailors can't spend that kind of money. That's right. And and really, my comments are an affront to drunken sailors everywhere who deserve more credit than be compared to Congress. (laughs) Uh, Let's let's talk about the way forward here. I mean, I think we're probably in the strongest position we've been in a long time. We actually have a strong conservative contingent in the House that is demanding we do things differently. What about the Senate? Yeah, so we've got a contingent in the House with the House Freedom Caucus demanding that things be done differently. We've got a contingent in the Senate uh, who are also demanding that we do things differently and that we prepare ourselves against what we call the uniparty. There's this almost mysterious, invisible force that uh, impels people toward wanting to support these bills under the structure that I just described and to look out for it and to demand that we get something better than that and that we actually have something that we can hang our hat on. Because more often than not, Tony, what emerges from these things, these bills put forward by the uniparty, by the the law firm... uh, Uh, that I mentioned, and the handful of appropriators that write it, these bills tend to unite the Democrats, more or less a 100 percent join rate among Democrats, and also divide Republicans. So a few Republicans join together to facilitate whatever it is that the Democrats want to pass, and they facilitate the passage of a massive Democratic priority bonanza. And it happens time and time again. 
I mean, we see the same time and time again, same thing rolling out. They put the, as you mentioned, they put you up against the wall with a with a CR saying, if you don't pass this, you get it the last minute, you don't pass it, the government shuts down. Uh, that obviously that process has ch- some somewhere somebody's got to draw a line and say, you know what, we're, we're not we're not moving. We're going to hold our ground. Is this that time? Well, I think every time should be that time. We, this should have happened years ago, but I think we're finally at the point now where in both houses we can make it a little bit more difficult for the uniparty forces to act as they have in the past. And look, we're, we're not imagining that with Joe Biden in the White House and a Democratic majority in the Senate that all of a sudden everything that emerges from the Congress is going to consist of conservative priorities right. and uh, a, a massive overhaul of everything. No, we understand that the sky is not necessarily the limit in terms of conservative policy right now, but there should be something. There should be some, some movement. move in the direction of fiscal restraint and some move in the direction right. of defunding or deprioritizing because horrible programs being carried out through the federal government that shouldn't be there and that are victimizing the American people. Uh, Very quickly, we're up against a break here, Senator. What can our viewers and listeners do to be helpful in this process? Well, viewers and listeners can and should reach out to their members of Congress, senators and representatives, and tell them, do not under any circumstances vote for a spending bill that you have not read, that you cannot explain to your constituents, with a reasonable degree of confidence, and that you haven't had any opportunity to amend. Yeah. It's not too much to ask. All and right. if we just had that process in place, we could prevent a whole lot of bad stuff from coming out of this sludge pipe. All right. That's what we'll encourage people to do. Senator Mike Lee, thanks so much for joining us. Always great to talk with you. Thank you, Tony. All right. Senator Lee of Utah. All right. I'm going to give you the Capitol switchboard when we come back. The switchboard number where you can call both your members of House and your member of the House and the Senate. So don't go away. We're coming back after this. Are you prepared to pray, vote and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND. 
hand to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. FRC, celebrating 40 years with Michelle Bachman. I'm so grateful for the involvement that I've been blessed to be a part of really for decades now with the Family Research Council. And it's a highly credible organization, and it's really just a tremendous honor to advance the kingdom of God through this organization. Well, we're certainly blessed to have former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman as our chair. I've uh, known her back since she was in the state Senate there in Minnesota, and she is a great champion for faith, family, and freedom. And she's going to be with us this coming weekend, and you can be with us as well. September the 15th through the 17th, right here in Washington, D.C., the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit as we celebrate 40 years. I've actually been here for half of that. Standing for faith, family, and freedom. Registration is still open, but you need to register soon. Go to prayvotestand.org for details. We're going to have Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Governor Ron DeSantis. We're going to have Senator Josh Hawley, members of, several members of Congress, Dr. Ben Carson, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, Riley Gaines, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Pastor Gary Hamrick, Oz Guinness, and uh, many more. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. So earlier today, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy announced an impeachment inquiry into President Biden for his involvement in multi-million dollar influence peddling schemes run by members of his family, as well as his administration's special treatment of the president's family members throughout the government's investigation into such schemes. Now, referring to this process as the logical next step, Speaker McCarthy said the House Oversight, Judiciary, and Ways and Means will carry out the investigation, which opens a path for House investigators to issue subpoenas for the bank records of the president and his family. Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Greg Stubbe. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee and the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. He has actually introduced articles of impeachment. He represents the 17th Congressional District of Florida. Congressman Stubbe, welcome back to the program. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. 
So let me get your thoughts on Speaker McCarthy's statement today about uh, the impeachment inquiry, inquiry process beginning and where you think this will lead and how long it might take. Yeah, I'm very thankful that he moved forward. Um, obviously, I felt compelled to file the articles of impeachment based on the evidence that I had seen. And now the leader, the Speaker of the House, has determined that we should open an impeachment inquiry. And what that does is it gives these different committees special powers to be able to subpoena the president's financial records himself uh, and see exactly where that money from these different shell companies were going. And if that money was to him, uh, we know it came to, to Hunter over 20 million dollars that we know for for sure. So it allows us to have further powers. It is the logical next step to move forward. And I hope that uh, these different committees will move in earnest. And uh, the Judiciary Committee under the Constitution is the one tasked with the impeachment process. So it would be my assumption that once all this evidence is collected over I don't know, the next couple of weeks to a month, that then the Judiciary Committee would move forward with the impeachment proceedings. So you think this will move forward pretty quickly? I hope so. Um, in my opinion, that's why I filed the articles of impeachment. Uh, there's plenty of evidence already that uh, there were specific federal laws that were broken uh, during his time as vice president, things that he acted on while his time as president, that I felt the, the need to file the articles of impeachment. So I think the evidence is already there. But I think to help other members of the conference that may be more modern on their position or may not want to go through this, uh, to be able to get all this information, actually subpoena the information, they're actually going to have the ability to uh, to depose the president as well. And so uh, we'll see how they, the different chairmen move forward. But I definitely think this is a step in the right direction and a step towards uh, impeachment proceedings. Now, I, I, I'm not surprised about what I'm just what I'm going to say here in a moment. So I'm, I'm, but I'm stating it to get your response. The media the lake, the le lying legacy media basically dismissing this thing. There's no evidence. Republicans are doing this. Speaker's making this announcement. There's no evidence. I mean, you've been on the committee. You've sat through the hearings. You've heard the testimony. You've seen some of the documents. Just from my perspective, I've seen enough inconsistencies with what the president has said and what has been revealed that there's there's a problem here. Yeah, I laid out. That's why I laid out all the evidence in my articles of impeachment that I filed. So I encourage your viewers to just go to our website, website stubby.house.gov, and you can get those uh, when we when we filed them. It lays out all the evidence that supports all the different federal crimes that have been committed. Uh, we now have not just the financial records, but you have corroborating witness testimony from Devin Archer, from business associates, Tony Bobolinsky. You have uh, all financial records that support what they've said. You have IRS whistleblowers that specifically said that the DOJ and the FBI wasn't allowing them to, to go after and issue uh, subpoenas with Hunter Biden's name, didn't want to do search warrants at Joe Biden's house, uh, forcing, in, in my opinion, obstructing justice and not allowing the administration of justice in those cases. I think we have well enough of, of facts. And what's fascinating is the Democrats first said that Hunter's laptop was Russian dis dis disinformation. You had these intelligence officials that said it's Russian disinformation. You had all this attempt to try to cover up what, what were facts. And now they're just saying that now the defense is, oh, we don't have any evidence that Joe Biden actually took money. Well, you don't need to have evidence that he himself took money, but I think we're eventually going to get there. His family members took over $20 million for acts or omissions that he specifically did in the color of law. One of the examples was 
There's an oligarch from Ukraine or from Russia that gives $3 million to Hunter Biden. And, and soon thereafter, there's a personal private dinner with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in Washington, D.C. You have all of the things that happened with Burisma and the removal of the prosecutor there in Burisma. And uh, I'm glad that the speaker's moving forward with the inquiry because we'll be able to get to a lot of that information. But just one thing that really this sticks out to me, and it may not be criminal, but it surely shows that the president is not honest, is that he repeatedly said he had no conversations with his son regarding his business deals, no knowledge of that whatsoever. We know that to be a flat-out lie now. That is an absolute flat-out lie to the American people, and he's continued that lie over and over again, that he had no knowledge of his son's business dealings. Uh, one of the things that were uncovered was this WhatsApp message on Hunter Biden's cell phone where he says, Dad's sitting right next to me. Do you want me to put him on the line? We have Devin Archer's testimony, Tony Bobolinsky's testimony, all these different individuals that said Hunter was in these meetings. There's pictures of those individuals that, that with uh, Joe Biden. So you know for a fact that he was involved in all of this. And, and I fervently believe that Hunter was the fall guy for Joe, was doing all the business stuff. Uh, Joe Biden was doing all the official stuff. And Hunter was raking in all the money for the family. Based on what you've seen, obviously, we're talking about uh, criminal behavior here and conduct. But it's hard not to see this and not come to a conclusion as well that this affected the outcome of the 2020 election. Well, absolutely. When when you have mainstream media uh, and the FBI and the DOJ trying to tamp down on the Hunter Biden laptop story, uh, then censoring the New York Post posts on all of this, you had mainstream media's coordination with all of this. Uh, and if you, if, there's been several polls that have been done, even with Democrats asking Democrats would they have changed their vote if they knew what had happened uh, with if, if they knew that Hunter Biden's laptop story was true, and they said yes. And there's more than enough votes that would have changed just based on that. Uh, so, yeah, it, this absolutely affected the last election. Uh, and the mainstream media and the FBI and the DOJ were all complicit in trying to hide and cover up all of this activity that was going on. Look, I know you've got a background in law enforcement, as, as I do, and, and I'm a law and order guy. And I support law enforcement. Um, but when I look at what has happened with the federal government, the FBI, Department of Justice. I'm very concerned, and, and I want to get your take on this based upon what you've seen has happened. Are you concerned that this could still be going on, that we may see manipulation of the process even going into the 2024 election? Yeah, and we're seeing it right now with Hunter Biden's uh, sweetheart deal that he got that fell apart when the judge started asking, started asking very simple questions. We're seeing it now with Merrick Garland appointing a special counsel in the Hunter Biden case, the same prosecutor who told the statute of limitations on a number of the different more egregious crimes. And this is from testimony from the whistleblowers, not me saying it. This is testimony of the IRS whistleblowers saying that the prosecutor was slow walking these crimes uh, so that the the statute of limitations would toll and they wouldn't be able to charge them. And they, they did that so that when Congress goes after this information, they can hide behind the fact that it is, quote, an ongoing investigation and they can't answer any of our questions. So all of this is calculated. All of this is going on and it's gotten worse since Joe Biden's been president because he's in control of appointing the people that's in, in charge of the DOJ and the FBI. Yeah. 
Congressman Stubbe, that, that's kind of a, a, an, an MO, a mode of operation that we've seen um, of this administration when Congress has launched an investigation. All of a sudden, you see the appointment of a special counsel or an investigation. Is that all designed just to hide the information from Congress? I believe it is 100 percent because they can hide behind the fact that it's an active investigation and they don't have to give us the information that we're requesting. All of this is calculated, even so much so of when the different things are happening with Trump, when there's an indictment with Trump, it it surprisingly coordinates with bad press that's going on with either Hunter Biden's case or Joe Biden's case. And the mainstream media only reports about the things about Trump and that's what's not what is happening uh, with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So, Congressman Stubbe, what do what do do Americans need to do? Those that are watching this program, listening to this program, you know, we we, uh, of course, one thing I know from from the from the Bible, Luke, chapter 18, Jesus says men ought to pray and not lose heart. I think we need to be praying right now for where our nation is praying for the truth to be revealed. But we also need to roll up our sleeves and go to work. We need to make making phone calls. We need to be bold enough to talk about this with our, our family and friends and let them know the level of corruption that's out there. Yeah, because the mainstream media is not reporting it. I mean, all of these things are going on. And if you turned on the mainstream media, you're not going to hear a lot about all of the specifics of the crimes that Hunter Biden and uh, Joe Biden have committed. So you're absolutely right. Uh, It's inherent on all of us to be able to get that information out because the mainstream media is not going to put it out and uh, not to get political, but to obviously support uh, candidates that are going to stand for truth and stand for justice and uh, stand for the ideals and principles that founded America. Uh, give out your website again. I know we've got a link to your Twitter, but uh, I, I'm going to try to get that document up on uh, TonyPerkins.com. But go ahead and give your website out again where people can look at the articles of impeachment. It's stubby.house.gov, and you can follow us on all the social media platforms at Rep. Greg Stubby. All right, and I'm going to try to get, uh, folks, I'm going to try to get that up on the site so you can look at it because uh, Greg has laid out all of the uh, the information there for you to see. And this is the kind of stuff that's good to have conversations with your friends and not just, I heard this, but you can read it. And and when you put it, I mean, Greg, when you file a bill with all of that listed in there, you've got the documentation to back it up. Yeah, and through, thankfully, all the different investigations that three different committees in Congress have been doing, everything from the Ways and Means from the IRS piece to oversight on all the different financial dealings to the Judiciary and the Weaponization Committee, uh, we've gathered a treasure trove of information and evidence, and it's hard looking at that, regardless of your political affiliation, to not know that crimes have been committed and not see that crimes have been committed. So that the left and the mainstream media can deny all day long that there's no evidence that Joe Biden was involved in this. There is tons of evidence that Joe Biden was involved in this. So much so just with Burisma that he got the prosecutor removed that was going after Burisma in Ukraine. I mean, it's and then Hunter Biden's making $90,000 a month for that. So now that the impeachment inquiry is open, we'll be able to go after the specific financial information of President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And that should open up a lot more uh, facts and evidence before the American people. You've had subpoena power but what has been the limitation thus far? 
Yeah, apparently we haven't been able to specifically go after the president and specifically subpoena his records because it, it wasn't an impeachment inquiry. So now by doing that formal uh, impeachment inquiry act that the speaker has now done, it opens up that ability to go after his personal financial information. So what are you hearing from your colleagues regarding this in terms of the, the inquiry? Well, my conservative colleagues obviously like like feel like I do that uh, it's about time that we're moving forward and doing this. There's there's a litany list of evidence to support an impeachment inquiry. I mean, think about I, I've sat through two impeachment proceedings in my six years in Congress when I was on the Judiciary Committee, and they impeached. Uh, uh, Trump for a phone call to a foreign leader, and you sit there and you read all of this evidence, all this testimony, corroborating witness testimony, financial records, financial evidence, to sit back and not do anything when bribery and corruption and all these other federal crimes have been committed, I think would be a complete miscarriage of justice. Yeah, I mean, it certainly reeks of a double standard, no question about it. Congressman Greg Stubbe, always great to see you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today and for fighting the good fight. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, uh, Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida. All right, so uh, be sure and check out his articles of impeachment. Uh, as I said, I'm going to try to get those up on my website, but you can go to his website as well and, uh, and, and find those. And once again, coming up this weekend, the Pray Vote Stand Summit couldn't be a better time to have your feet on the ground here in our nation's capital and pray. I mean, every day, the issues we're covering here should be a reminder that we need to pray because these, big, these problems are bigger than we can solve, but God can solve them using his people, and that's us. That's where we've got to vote, and we've got to stand for biblical truth, and you'll be equipped to do that here at the Pray Vote Stand Summit. Go to prayvotestand.org to find out more. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul. Found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action, For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 